Like the classic action movies of the 80s and 90s, the life of a pie-hard Collingwood supporter is full of blind courage, gratuitous violence and unrealistic expectations. Come join us as we uncover fresh new angles on Collingwood culture, news, footy and urban planning. This is Pie Hard. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. One's had five bounces, nearly get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. Because we don't have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. But you can't believe it. I can. Oh. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. I'm comfortable with myself. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. Today on the Pie Hard podcast, we look back at the first ever Anzac Day blockbuster. We discuss which player should make his debut this week. And we decide who should star in Pie Hard, the movie. Welcome to a very special episode of the Pie Hard Podcast, our favourite week outside of finals, oh, yeah. the biggest home and away game of the season, Anzac Day is upon us, uh-huh. mm-hmm. the dawn of the game, uh, probably the best thing Kevin Sheedy's ever done. Yeah. Yeah, I'd Sheedy. Argue. Visionary. So before we get into it though, and there's a really packed uh, episode today, mm-hmm. as always, joined in the booth. By Chunky and Al. Hey, good to be here. Getting into the spirit. The bugles are, are sounding. Oh, it's on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to talk very quickly around the director video name, the Pie Hard Podcast, where that came about. Absolutely. Well, Chunky, late 80s, early 90s, and we're talking about the Die Hard franchise. Um, Love number two. Number two, controversial, yeah. airport. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it was the most expensive film at the time and for about five years after that. They didn't do much though, did they? They just kind of stuck at the airport. Is that right? Yeah, I, I thought that was the least good of the three, <laughs> to be honest. But, you know, I've done a little bit of digging and we've gone with Pie Hard. It correlates to one of the great action uh, movie eras mm. of modern mm. times and also one of the great action periods uh, down at Vic Park. Yep. 1988. Ooh. Die Hard 1. Can you remember anything from that year? Yeah, I do. I remember. Dominant Hawthorne era, was it? Yeah. Feels like it. Feels like it. Geelong-ish. Thereabouts. 88 is the bicentennial year. We all got that coin at school. That's ah, right. true. Which I actually yeah. found the other day. Yeah. Is that worth anything? Least 2000 I think beautiful. you should flog it on eBay. But 88, uh, we, I was doing some research, we got knocked out in the semi by Melbourne. So it was probably that era where we were building towards something, mm. and I imagine we had Lethal yep. in the driver's seat by it's that stage. It's a phrase stage. you don't hear often, knocked out in the semis by Melbourne. No. Yeah, it, it, it was an awakening reading that. I thought, that's unusual. <laughs> <laughs> Some hey. bizarro world. Anyway, 1990. Yep. Chunky's favourite, Die Hard 2. Ooh, so that was a good that year. That was a good year. Ooh. Great year. It was a good year. Not only that, it was the best Burgundy vintage and the best Champagne vintage and the best Barossa Valley vintage. Is that right? 1990, really? So if you're up in a restaurant, chances are you'll get a good year. Bordeaux too. Putting the Collingwood back into Collingwood. (laughs) That's right. I'm very working class with that kind of rhetoric, aren't I? (laughs) And then Die Hard 3, Mm -hmm. which was 
also a runaway success. In fact, I think it kind of re-established the Die Hard franchise at the top of the pops. Oh, yeah. Released? 93. I'm going to say 96. May 25th, 1995. Exactly one month after the inaugural Anzac Day blockbuster between Collingwood and Essendon. Wow. Amazing. There's some serious synergy, synergy going, going on, going on, on right? right now. I'm playing right. synergy. Yep. So I've been thinking about so, yeah. Die Hard, an absolute classic of the action movie genre. Yep. Are there any kind of Collingwood people, Collingwood characters or players that you would cast in the hot seat as the hero of the Die Hard franchise? Uh, let's go... Well, you have to go Bob Rose, wouldn't you? Is it Bruce <laughs> McLean? No, it's Bruce Willis. Jack Jack, Jack, Jack McLean? Jack McLean, yeah. played by... By I'm going to say... Um, and you've gone Bob Rose. I've gone Bob Rose. Just to... Just to <laughs> That's more your Humphrey Bogart era, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> he doesn't say a lot, Bob Rose, does he? He's a quiet man. He's a man of few words. So he's not really in the Bruce Willis mould in that regard, but he's stoic, he's strong. Bob Rose in the lady. Throb. He's also receding quite vigorously. You know, it's all Would have been 80 at the... Yeah. <laughs> Massive hit in the nursing homes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, start, I'll start with the villains. I reckon, I reckon um, Maynard would be the classic first death. Yep. In the oh, film. Yeah. So Cockshaw yeah. runs in with yeah. a machine gun and then henchman. gets Yeah, henchman gets eradicated he, first five minutes. He's like the evil he runs in twin with brother. So of eager. Yes. He is, he is. Brazzy Maynard is. runs in with two mm. Uzis. Yeah. And gets shot in the forehead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you wouldn't have a diehard film without some kind of exotic accents and kind ah. of uh, Eastern European looking characters. So oh, I yes. think uh, Anthony and Severia Rocker as two big oh. kind of heavies. Yeah, good. Yeah, so the muscle. Henchman yeah. again. Not, not, the, not, the, not the lead villain, but the muscle yeah. around. Uh, I'm kind noticed. of there on the, on the walkie-talkies. I think for me, Quite the on. villain of the Pie Hard fr- franchise, Darcy Moore with the blonde hair and a German accent. Oh. Ah, yeah, good. Yeah, experiments. Doing like experiments skin- on people. That's good. Yes. It's like a absolutely. skinny jaws kind like of. Like a praying know? mantis. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's good. In Indonesian. Yeah. Well, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. Pie Hard, the franchise, coming to cinemas near you. Massive news this week coming out in the build-up to Anzac Day. Somewhat overtaken the, uh, I guess, the pomp and ceremony. Perth, West Australian band... Birds of Tokyo have been announced as the pre-match entertainment. Well, I don't know. In the spirit of the Anzacs, do you want you know a band with Tokyo in the name, you know, representing? Is that yeah. a little bit too close to the Ooh, bone okay. for many? Yeah, yep, we're opening up some wounds. So, oh, great wounds. uncle, it would be. I haven't seen the any kind of uproar, but if there's been some tension in the media, it would mm. just be around the fact that the occasion's been set up as a fairly somber affair. The the outcry is not necessarily around the performance itself. It's the selection of Birds of Tokyo mm. before the mm. game. And has anyone expressed the concern with the Tokyo connection? Well, or is that is that a uh, maybe pie could, hard exclusive? Well, could they change their name just for this performance? Could it be the Birds of uh, Caringbush or yeah. Tobruk? Birds of Gallipoli. Gallipoli. Yeah, the exactly. Birds of Gallipoli. Yeah, exactly. The Birds of Chinakale Peninsula. The Birds of Kokoda. The Birds of the Somme. Birds of Darwin. The birds of Kaysan. I think it's safe to the say none bird. of us will be listening into no. the pre-match entertainment. Uh, but Luckily, the diggers can't hear. That's right. Because that would be... They've, and they can't afford the batteries for their, no. you know... So it's probably a good thing. 
So in the spirit of Anzac Day and the first Pie Hard podcast, I thought we could delve a little bit into the classic, the classic that reigns over all classics, the inaugural Anzac Day clash, mm. 1995. Mm. Who could forget? April 25th. Memories of the big day? I was there. I was there. We were all there? I was there. Wow. I was lucky not to get locked out. I would suggest really? we yeah. all got in. Yeah, I was quite young, but what a day. Well, I remember being there as a kid. I remember thinking the the uh, result was probably a fair and just one for the moment. I didn't think more. I didn't think much of it. I didn't think it was going to be ongoing, to be honest. No. I didn't have that foresight back then as a youngster. I I, I had a sense I that was it was 10? special mm-hmm. and yeah. that it was more than a game. Yeah. My main memory is the last five minutes, obviously a very yeah. close game, mm. and... I was down the Ponsford end, 12 years old, and all everyone around us stood up for the last five minutes. Mm. So it was hectic. I think I had to stand on a seat to peer between people's shoulders. And yeah. mm. the atmosphere at the time, as a 12-year-old, it was no doubt it was the best game I'd been a part of. Mm. Yeah. I'd watched uh, firsthand. Mm-hmm. And I just recall a few details. I remember Shea Cockatoo Collins ah, getting off the leash a little bit in the last quarter. Had a couple of goals. Oh, had yeah, a big number mark. Nine, number nine. Yep. Uh, found out today he was directly opposed to Nathan Buckley, which is an interesting really? point. Bucks, of course, had a chance to win the game in the final uh, 20 seconds. Yeah, he did. There was a clearance. The, the Essendon player, I believe it was might have been Denham, looked like Denham, overran the ball and... Bucks streamed through the centre square. As he always did. Yeah. Unselfishly, eyes darting, looking for Severio Rocker, who mm. had kicked nine goals mm-hmm. up to that yeah. point in a majestic display. Mm. And I've got a photo here, which um, I'll show you guys. You can obviously look up the replay online, but c- could or should have uh, you know, Nathan kicked a goal? I mean, that's where he kicked the ball from. I remember it vividly, and I remember I was on the wing, and I remember the situation, and I thought... Because at that point, yeah. Yeah. he, you know, I mean, he had such photo. flat penetration on his kick. You and, thought he would probably go for it, but that being said, if someone's on fire, you're going to be kicking to him, right? He did the team thing, and I wonder. He, he only did the needed, Anzac he, thing. He only needed a point, That's right? Remember, he only needed a point yeah. to win the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we might all agree that a no. win would have been fantastic that day. Yeah, but for football, yeah, the draw yeah, was yeah. pretty ah, bloody good, and it saying. set up a, a, mm. what's become. Obviously, an institution. Mm. The game. We've we've had a look at the highlights here, mm. and do you remember one Brett James? <laughs> oh, I do remember Brett James? Brett. Long sleeve? Did he wear long uh, sleeve? Maybe on a cold day. <laughs> I think he wore number eight. Mullet. Yeah, I remember Brett James. Uh, I short did back, longish. Can we yep, pull yeah. that up? Can someone? Do we have someone like that? Uh. Looked into Brett today, and interestingly, he kicked three goals. He was a total bench player. Traded to Port. Uh, wanted to go to Port. Ah. Went American to... singer-songwriter Brett James? No. Where not, did he, where did he end up? Well, three, uh, he spent three years at the Pies, Brett James, yep. um, and he was a bench player. And this is back in the day where, where a bench player would, would play a quarter. Yeah, you're right. And he became an Adelaide bench player, and he right. played on the bench in the 1997 Grand Final. So he ended so up having on. a decent so premiership player. He got one. Yeah, he got one. And he said um, in an interview I found today. For this show? In my first year, says Brett James, I basically couldn't do any of the preseason because I'd done all the ligaments in my foot. My fitness wasn't fantastic. 
All the ligaments. Jesus. When I got to Collingwood, they were into lifting heavy weights because West Coast had won the flag the year before, and that's what they did. Well, they had steroids too. My body suited big heavy weights, and I put on six kilograms in no time, but then I couldn't run. Yeah, that's okay. classic. I don't mind that is it. great. After that, I never lifted a heavy weight again. Despite that, he kicked three goals uh, Anzac Day 95. So I thought he was worth a mention. So there's one thing that we, I guess, we should revisit, given yep. the fact that this is Anzac Day week. And uh, it's my favourite segment, actually. We haven't done it yet, but it's my favourite segment. Uh, and that is, who of the modern crop of player best represents that kind of ashen-toned photograph that's hanging up in your grandmother's house? Yep of a great uncle or a great grandfather dressed in military regalia, mm. fresh off the boat, um, mm. age 18 to 23, mm. uh, in his full getup. Syphilis uh, in Cairo. In Cairo. Uh, yeah. But who, who who would typify your young Anzac? Oh. Who, who in the team Who in the team would best represent oh, an Anzac a- gentleman right now? Ah, look, I'll leave that one to you, Al. What do you, I mean, like, I've got my idea, and it's a, he's a good lad. He's from Sunshine. I think he was a top 10 draft pick, went up north, came back. Yeah, well, I, I've got to agree. I mean, there's one guy who just, it doesn't matter what context I see him in. I could see him in the Herald Sun. I could see him in the street. Mm. I could see him in an ice cream parlour. His face just looks Straight out 1918. Straight Absolutely. out of the RSL. Yeah, yeah. And it's W-H-E. W-H-E. Will Hoskin-Elliot. Sunshine's finest. I mean, this him. guy, some people are just gifted with the gift of history. Mm. And he looks like an old head. I mean, we're not sure whether he's 90 years old or 24. I don't actually know how old he is. I think he's about that old, yeah. He, you know what? He just needs to get into one of those cuts. We need to talk to Kate Leonard. Casting agent. Yeah, he would be great in a biopic. He would, wouldn't he? Yeah, one of those. Yeah. He'd Spielberg biopic. Absolutely. He'd, Dunkirk. He yep. wouldn't have any lines. He, no. he doesn't have the confidence to deliver the lines, right. but right. he's the steadfast mate yeah, in yeah. the trenches. Silent yeah, yeah, but yeah. strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he dies, it's just oh, it's shattering. tear-jerking. Yeah, 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 yeah. WHE yeah, in the trenches. Yeah. He's just got the face. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he does have that face. One-touch player, I'll tell you that. And... The, and that's the end of that segment. Well, uh, well, no, well, 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 so you thought. But I think if we, if we can bring it back to um, 1995, if I, can, if I can twist this segment slightly. Yeah, sure. One player hmm. who was in that 95 team personifies the Anzac Day looking character. Mm. You know, a little bit, you know, maybe not straight out of the modelling uh, modeling books, yeah. but um, shares his name with a famous Australian cricketer, but Shane Watson. Ooh, oh, the Shane, skunk. Shane Watson. Yes, the ears. So, the ears. The skunk. So, he, he would potentially... <laughs> he's quite rockabilly if you look at that slant. Yep, he, had yep. the, he had kind of like the skunk. the pomp, yep. slick back. Oh, he'd be at home down at the gym in Collingwood. He, he would, would be down at the yeah, gym. Yeah. He would be down. He'd he, slick it, though. With the, the uh, there, you know, with the homemade base. Yep. He'd be slapping that one. But I, I can see him in a wartime context. Absolutely. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Shane. Yeah. Shane Watson. Shane. Maybe as one of the, you know, one of the radio guys. Using did his he, talents. He, he played back, then moved forward. Is that right? Yeah, I remember he did. Yeah, he he um he yeah he he transformed himself into a forward player and and used to. He, I think he was one of the early. 
exponents of the uh, mattress on the thigh. Ah, After yeah. a deep mm. tissue corky, you used yeah. to rock one of the Paul Rousey or a yeah. thigh mattress. Th- thigh mattress. Do you remember? Yep. Absolutely. But um, He loved the glove. He would have been a lot faster if it weren't for the ears. I mean, the drag on those ears. That's true. Mm. I yeah. mean, these days they'd pin them. He also doctor. always yeah. appeared to use Brill Cream in his hair, he did use which was very first slash Second World War. Well, I, yeah, I think it was the, uh, the gripper. Just a bit of the gripper. Ah, but so speaking of, hair. he was a huge Junior. glove man. Loved a glove. Greensboro. Oh. He was from Greensboro, wasn't he? Well, he was too. He's a glove man. He's a glove man. The Greensboro glove. We love a good glove man. I and think glove mans go back. Ninety-five was the zenith. Was the peak of glove. I don't want to say glove technology, but glove popularity in the AFL. Every single player had them. The Peter Somerville had a glove. Was Paul Salmon still playing? He had a glove. He would have had a glove even if he wasn't playing. One brand ruled supreme in the glove game back in 1995. Steeden? No. I'm going to throw it out there. Titleist. No. <laughs> they weren't golf gloves. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, knowing the AFL, it was probably amateur. That actually they? begs the question. Were they specifically designed AFL gloves because no. in that era of semi-professional footy, yeah. I don't think that anyone was investing in the engineering of the AFL gloves. So are they using golf gloves? Probably were. No, they were NFL? using... No, no. I've oh, keeper this. gloves. I've researched this. They were wearing baseball gloves. Oh, you're kidding me. Uh, not in the mitts, obviously, but um, <sighs> I think the inners. Gee, the mid be all right. And the the brand the brand name. That's why I save kick nine. He's wearing a fucking baseball mitt. Gary Ablett was another one. Oh yeah, he loved them. He also loved elbows. He needed elbow gloves. He that did. Guy. Um, the brand the brand was Easton. Oh, Easton, great brand. I know the ones. E A S T O N. Not Star Athletic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not. Um, remember blades? They made a little. Little foray. And they cracked down. Did they crack down on the gloves? Eventually. Slowly. Can you believe that they allowed the gloves in the first place? I mean... I've got no problem with the glove. I like the glove. Ross Oakley. It, someone had someone had uh, messed up nerves. Wasn't that uh, the whole... Okay. Wasn't that the, the whole uh, premise for that early glove invasion? They, they got around it via a technicality? So I thought that was... Was that Quentin Lynch? No. He had... He had a sixth finger or a bent. He had a bent yeah. finger. He had a bent a finger. Quinton. So, kept it so this is much like the self-reporting. It's a little glitch in the matrix. A bit. Yeah, right. So who else? And then Travis Cloak was the last guy I remember with a glove. Have they, banned, have they Matthew banned Lloyd? gloves? Yeah. Have they banned gloves now? I think you just need a reason to wear it. I think Medical have, reason. I, th- I think they have banned gloves. It's like, you know, it's like medicinal marijuana. But we saw Tay Adams last week bring back the glove. Well, the difference there is fingerless. Yeah. So he was fingerless. Oh, was he? I believe. So no unfair advantage. Okay, so enough about 1995. Let's switch our focus back on this week. Um, Arguably a massive game for both teams who are up and running and playing the type of football I think they set out to, to, to play at the start of the year. I think both bring a very attacking, fluid game of link-up football, yep. uh, which I think can, can could result in two things. It could result in a, a fast-flowing, high-scoring shootout-type match, but possibly more the other way of a, of a uh, Python-like, constrictive game of angles and, and, and keepings off. Which would suit us, you'd have to say. Uh, more of a contested, closed-down game with our midfield 
numbers and depth, I would suggest that if we let the stable, if we open the stable doors and let Essendon run and gun, forward handball, mm. and play with that kind of exuberant confidence that they want to play with, mm. then then we'll have a challenge on our hands to match it, which we can do. Mm. But if we if we're able to slow the ball a little bit and decide when to play fast and when not to, yep. and most importantly, get on top of them defensively, yep. then I believe uh, they don't have the depth or class that we do to cope with that. I think you're spot on. I don't think they've got the... Um, the game seems to be really built off delivery from turnover in their back half. And if they get free run outside of there, running out, then that's when they start to move as a club, as a team at least. And uh, they're not going to get as much of that, you wouldn't have thought. It's a massive game, though, and you've, you've got to think that we feel like we're beginning, beginning to hit our straps after the Brisbane game, which we don't want to read too much into. No. We don't know where Brisbane's at. But it must be said that we, we feel like we're on the right path. And Essendon, after a very shaky start to the season feels like they're on the right path. and yeah. I mean, this looms as potentially, from a crowd perspective, Hanger. one of the big spectacles of, of all the Anzac days. What, well, what can we expect, Damon? Well, it's going to be big. I mean, I don't know if it's going to top the uh, 94,825 that 1995 mustered, mm. but I think it, w- it will potentially come close. My, my tip is 91,000. Okay. I think the, uh, what's helping it is the, uh, the Easter long weekend. I yep. think that's got a few people, uh, you know, calling in sick. Lubricated. Yep. So to say. 10-day weekend. Um, Collingwood, of course, have won seven of the last 10. Um, so the odds are definitely in our favour. Mm-hmm. I think the difference for me is we have a lot of big game players. We have a lot of players that thrive on a moment mm-hmm. and thrive on a big stage. Yep. And I agree. Yep. We've got players yep. that want to play in those big games, uh, and we've got, I think, an edge on class, an yeah. edge on experience, and an edge on game breakmanship. Yeah. Having said that, they're, they're typically close. So whilst I think there's a gap between quality and class in both both teams, there's something about the occasion, there's something about the moment that kind of just brings everyone, equalizes, right? Yeah, I agree. The but I, 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 think, I think it's going to be, as much as I think it's the big game players, I think it's the it's the depth players who are going to step up on this one. I think, and I was slightly critical on uh, Majacek uh, very early on in the year and across uh, preseason, but I think he stood up last week. I think he attacks every contest with just one hundred percent. That's right. Full vigor. Yeah. And I think that's all you want in that position. Slightly undersized, you know, might not kick a bag every game, but. That's the difference between us and that's the difference between the bottom 10 clubs. I think the, the depth of those players to go in, even Callum Brown, mm. to go in and win the football, seize the moment, have the shot, mm. kick the goal. It's that that Tick. 100% confidence that goes from top down when, you, when you're up and about yep. that I think is enough to carry Collingwood home in, on this occasion. I do agree. But as you said, I think that emotional component of Anzac Day can change the parameters a little bit. And Is it a danger game? Uh, look, I'm not worried at this point in the year. I still think we'll make finals. I mean, you want to make top four, but I'll be worried if we lose the next two. If we lose one of the next two, I'll be, I'll be okay. Reasonably okay. Yeah. Looking at the uh, team song in the uh, Gabba rooms uh, after the uh, win. Good study. And you're doing the... Mm. 
loop with the Steadicam or whatever it is from the mm. centre of the circle. Mm. And you're looking at the types of players, and there's a lot of players in and around the mid-20s there who are beginning to play with maturity or are already mature, right? who have elements of class, points of difference between each other. Yep. It's just looking to me like one of those clubs that has a glut of talent in and around the right age parameters, yep. mm. like, let's say, uh, Geelong between 2007 and 2011. Mm-hmm. Yep. When you have that many options to go to, it feels like the weight of numbers will prevail eventually. Yeah. And I would expect to see that on, on Thursday. Do you think it'll be close? I think the game will be close, but Collingwood is likely to pull away later in the game. But it, it really depends a little bit on closing down Essendon's, Essendon's assets early in the game. Mm-hmm. They're a confidence side, and that, they've acknowledged that, that when they get a run on early and they, they kick a few free-flowing link-up style goals, mm-hmm. uh, sequences of play, yep. they're hard to stop. So, so Ch- Chunky, it's a, um, your, your mate, uh, Aish, is down with concussion. Uh, yeah. Likely that he won't get up. Won't he? Jeez. Changes to the team, predicting anything? Well, I'd love to see Aish get up, but if we cannot get Aish in, I'll put... From the weekend, I went to the VFL, up until halftime at least. I thought they were all quite pathetic. Uh, no, I didn't think they played fantastically. It was a bit of, bit of a windy day, but I would probably put in Appleby, but then I heard Appleby got injured. But you're saying he might have got injured. So He's injured with an ankle, so, so I mean, this is the moment. This could be the moment for IQ. I think this is what I was getting at with a long lead-up. Oh, yes, the Quay. Yeah. So, can you imagine? Can you imagine? That, that, that's kind of the... The setting, right? This is what Anzac Anzac Day is all about. It's always it? been oh, like that, hasn't it? Always, they always chuck yeah. someone in at last Anzac minute. Day debutante, fantastic Goff. stuff. Travis Cloak? Travis Cloak. Hang on, was that McGough's first game? Probably when he not. Won the Anzac it was his model? Probably second. not. It was as I said, I haven't researched this he didn't uh, have, episode at all. So. No. He didn't have many, though, man. Yeah. Uh, look, I think there's only probably one you can put in, and it goes back to what we're talking about the emotional component of, um, of Anzac Day, and that mm. is the Quay Quay. IQ. <sighs> IQ. Isaac Quainor. moment. Quainor. Big he, moment. He, he likes it. He looks like he likes big games. The way I he love plays. that. I, I think he that hasn't, fits. He hasn't debuted an AFL match. You're saying he's, he it's likes just, big he's games. Of, I've seen him at training. I've seen the way he carries himself. He looks like he really wants to step up and, Physically. and show people what he can do. I do feel like that's very much an Anzac Day thing, though. Yep. The cauldron of Anzac Day. Agreed. Throw in there a young... Yep. A young eighteen-year-old conscripted youngster, yeah, ready for the big time. Yeah. Very much in the Malthouse tradition to blood a talented young player on a big occasion. Yep. And as we know, and Hein he finds them ready for those moments. Ready made, and there have been a few Anzac Day debutants over the years. Ooh, Fred Fanning. Fred Fanning. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Rose. Was, I think Fred Fanning was actually on the day that Glippley was landed. <laughs> But, uh, well, I think everyone who played the first 1995 game was the uh, was a debutant for the... Uh, well, on Anzac Day. On Anzac Day. Oh, that's but true. First AFL first game, game on Anzac gotcha. Day. Oh, this there is good. There was one Collingwood player in 95, and we're just focusing on Collingwood here at Pie yep. Hard. Yep. Pie Hard. Jason Wild, 95. Oh, ah. Joker in the pack. Yep. Craig Jacketine, 99. Oh, Jacketine. Bench press champion at the club, two years running. Well, that got him the spot. Yeah. Oh, clearly. 2004, Cameron Cloak. Ah, uh, yep. Yep. That went well. 
Double the Dose, 2005, Travis Cloak. Good debut. Good debut. Anzac Day debutante. He was good. 2008, Sharad. Oh, nice. Shaz. Really? We love Shaz on the Pie Hard. Shaz, big loss. Big fan. We believe we could have nurtured his talents better than in the West, where they've got some extracurricular interests. Yeah. 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 Trampolines and broken ankles. Brent McCaffer, 2009. Oh, the calf. Still what? Kirk Oogle. Ah, great player. 2012. That's it. So adding to that list, we're hoping the Quay, Isaac Ah, Quaynor. Well, you heard it here first. IQ, destined for greatness. Yeah. Launched into the MCG. Bang. Thursday afternoon. Chuck him in. Beautiful. I can't wait for this week's game. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast. L, Chunky, thanks for joining. My name's Damien. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And as always, yippee pie motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs>